0: Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK.
1: Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome back to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. As usual, I am your host, Liam, or at the FSA tweets on Twitter. Um, as keen stream viewers can see, uh, there is no Rich today. He is off frolicking around Birmingham in the Commonwealth Games, enjoying the sunny blue skies here in Birmingham. But um, I'm not alone. I've got one of the fellow Five Yard Dynasty writers. Uh, he's also the co-host or soon to be co-host of Wildcard Rewind when that starts in the season. Um, but that is Paul or Paul pickin on Twitter, uh, is it paul underscore picking on twitter so paul how are you doing buddy i'm all right mate i feel like a a good replacement for rich if i'm honest (laughs) you're not a replacement at all rich has just ditched you he doesn't want to be on the show today so
0: do you know what i was scheduled to be on a few weeks back and then you asked me to do this one and then rich was like oh yeah i'm not going to be there i was like well you've done whatever you can to get away (laughs) with talking get away from talking to me haven't you
1: well, he's not here, so we can say whatever we want about him, and he can only listen and probably try and um, get up to us in the Five Yard Dynasty um, group chat. But as he's not here, say whatever we want, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Open play. <laughs> um, so today, we've got a slightly different show. This this is a, a topic that I wanted to do, um, and I thought it was perfect to have you on because and um, we have a lot of difficult conversations that is the topic of today is difficult conversations um, and the i suppose the the prevailing thought around this whole topic was there's a lot of givens and just people guarantee things in the dynasty community and the D- dynasty hive mind is this person's going to do well or this person's just not going to be anything And these difficult conversations are me and Paul going to be looking into some of these given or guaranteed scenarios and kind of being a bit of devil's advocate. And yes, that does mean that this episode is probably going to take a bit more of a negative turn. Um, But we have included some guys that are potentially going to do better than people think to try and lighten the mood a bit. So, Paul, um, when I gave you this kind of topic we both went away had a think and we both came back with some pretty similar um similar names so the first one that we both came to and he was at the top of both of our lists is kyle pitts now the way that i'm going to do this paul is i've got like a little story a little set the scene uh i'll i'll explain it and then i'll just let you take away with your blissful uh thoughts behind it so i'll set the scene for these listeners so What happens if Pitts finishes the season with, say, 700 receiving yards, four touchdowns, and that QB changeover that we're all expecting between Mariota and um, Desmond Ridder doesn't happen till like week eight or nine, which is later than a lot of people are thinking. What happens when that maybe doesn't work out well enough and Ridder doesn't end up being the QB that everyone really thinks he's going to be? hoists up Atlanta, I suppose. What happens when Ridder doesn't look like that franchise quarterback and then Atlanta are kind of stuck with Mariota, who doesn't look brilliant and they've just benched him, and Ridder who also doesn't look great. If this all happens, what do you think is going to happen with Pitts's value? Because at the moment he is essentially the value tight end one everywhere in Dynasty. You cannot touch him unless you have another elite. Tight end, so what happens in that situation, Paul? I'm going to throw it straight over to you. Like, that just seems like it's not talked about whatsoever.
0: So, Pitts, Pitts was one of the first names I think we both came up with, and he's he's difficult to talk about because he's so young, and tight ends don't really break out that young, normally takes him a couple of years. So, I suppose he's got that safety net around him of his age and stuff. But like when you look into it, he, he he could be going into his third season and in his third season, the Falcons could be making another change at QB. And, you know, he's not going to hit the ground running in his first season. So to me, I think he could be, he could be somebody that he may not be this elite tight end that we all want until maybe 2024 and, you know, does he, in my opinion then, I so I like to play dynasty based on a two-year window. So looking at the next two years, to me, Kyle Pitts is not a tight end one. He's maybe the tight end three, maybe the tight end four. There's people, you know, I'd rather Travis Kelsey over a two-year window than I would Kyle Pitts.
1: That, so, is, that is probably considered a spicy take at the moment because everyone has Kyle Pitts' tight end one, so... Yeah, I, I get the reasoning yeah, behind it as well. That's what I. That's what this whole conversation is about. Is it's not talked about whatsoever? What happens if Kyle Pitts has just a mediocre tight end season, or even if he has a good tight end season and not an elite season? What happens to his value then? I don't know. See, it's but it's it, a tough know, one, isn't it? This, this this is the whole purpose
0: of this episode, isn't it? You you sit there going, I don't know, because. You know, Kelsey, in, in 12 months' time, do, would I rather Kelsey on a two-year window? Probably not, because he's going to be about 32, 33 then, isn't he? So you're then going, not, but, you know, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews was a tight end one last year. Over the next two years, do I prefer Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson as a pair, or would I prefer Kyle Pitts and question mark? You know? But ultimately, you, you know, you can't not from from Kyle Pitts, like, looking at looking at some of the numbers, he was actually a big target in the red zone. But, he, you know, he, he caught four out of 14 inside the 20, and he caught three out of seven inside the 10.
1: And you're going... And only one touchdown, which yeah. I'm going to remind the listeners yet again, because it is <laughs> some sort of a trope, but me and Rich were there when we, we saw that touchdown. But as you yeah, said, like he, he's not that tight end that has really elevated himself in the red zone which is kind of where you see a lot of tight ends be used a lot more and even though he's getting the targets he wasn't actually bringing those targets in you could argue that it was maybe in in the end zone that the defense was playing more to pits his side and playing it, maybe double teaming him even triple teaming him at times like i can see all of these arguments and yes they the the falcons last year didn't have a receiving core to really scare any defenses like you could go man on man with all of their wide receivers and you'd probably feel pretty good as a defensive coach that your cornerbacks were going to be able to hold up these wide receivers and the thing that i kind of can't get past right now in terms of this this topic this whole exercise is with drake london coming in and a lot of people saying, oh, Drake London is going to be taking a lot of that coverage away, and they've obviously got some new assets. I mean, I'm not going to go say Brian Edwards is the next whatever, mm-hmm. but they have brought more receivers in that because they, they obviously didn't think last year worked, and obviously it didn't. But what happens if Drake London does take that coverage away, but it doesn't stop that coverage going to pits in the red zone? What happens if Coverage is still there in the end zone for Pitts, and he's still because everyone's kind of thinking, okay, he only scored one touch touchdown last season. Maybe that he has some sort of positive regression where he just started to score more. What if that coverage just switched to him in the end zone again, and then it ends up London being all the the touchdown machine because he's not a small guy. London's going to be a really good guy in the end zone as well. So they've got two really good. Weapons there, and all I'm trying to bring into this is: what if both of them? I kind of eked into each other, or whether for for the purpose of this conversation, what happens if London eats into Pitts's workload in that that area?
0: It's 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 definitely going to happen. If I'm honest, I I can't see Pitts getting many more touchdowns. If I'm honest, but then. How many touchdowns do we think Mariota or Ridder are actually going to throw in the season? And if you split it amongst them all, how many do you do you see going Kyle Pitts's way? Well? And like I said, he is a, a, a an elite tight end. He came out; he was an elite athlete and everything like that. And you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how how it plays out for him. You know, I, I do worry for his for his QB situation more than anything, you know, because especially Mariota. Mariota is is somebody that will also, if he's within the five, he'll he'll run it in. You know what I mean? We've we've seen it before. And that that could take away from from Kyle Pitts's his receiving game.
1: He, you know, it's it's a a tough Ridder's another one. Like people are praising Ridder on here scrambling ability and his mobility in general and saying that Ridder is the most fantasy relevant day one guy if he does play. And, I mean that's because people don't like I don't know, say Pickett's small hands or, or something along those lines but <laughs> Rider is is someone that a lot of people like for fantasy especially pre-draft and I think people are kind of forgetting again that if they get within the red zone both of these quarterbacks aren't going to be afraid to run it into the end zone. We've seen it with rookie quarterbacks especially that they tend to look to scramble a lot faster than normal like experienced quarterbacks so both of these guys can can do exactly what you said and I completely agree with Mariota because he's he's one of those guys that you kind of expect him to take off inside the five if he can't find a target so yeah it's not to say that we don't like Pitt's at all, because I think, as you said, he's an elite prospect. I I loved him coming out and stuff, but it's just one that I'm still a little bit skeptical on, and I'm not willing to just throw out everything because he was this elite prospect and had a had a really good rookie season. Yeah, like
0: like like I said, the way but the way I play over my two year window, picks is somebody that I've got very little shares in because I don't want to pay that price for somebody who's going to be with with Mariota and Ridder this season. And yeah, Ridder may be actually their future QB. He may turn out to be really good this year. And actually him and Pitts do have a connection. And, you know, that's the opposite of looking at this. Him and Carl Pitts yeah, could exactly absolutely dominate. And we're both wrong. And that's it. Carl <laughs> Pitts to the moon. You know, he's 12 yeah. touchdowns, 1,200 yards. Why not? Let's go. It's, he's a 101 in dynasty next year, you know. But... I I just can't see it. I just can't can't see it, and and I worry. I worry where he's going to be in twelve months' time, going into I a mean, third season with a third different or fourth different QB if Riddler and Mariota play this year.
1: Well, that's what this entire exercise is about: is discussing these maybe less thought of situations that people are probably taking a bit for granted. So. Let's flip onto the other side. Let's try and bring this episode a bit further up in terms of negativity and positivity. Oh, Let's try and make it a hate. bit more people,
0: positive. People are going to hate this one.
1: <laughs> they probably are, but it's a positive outcome for the player. So I'm going to set the scene again, and then I'm just going to throw it straight over to you, Paul. So <laughs> this player is going to be Clyde edwards Hillaire. So what happens if he does finally play a full season of 17 games? And he has say thirteen hundred scrimmage scrimmage yards at the end of the season, nine ten total touchdowns, and ends the season as what I said, the RB nine, RB ten. Um, I did do the uh, research before this show, and that is the similar uh, stat line to guys like Leonard Fournette, Antonio Gibson, um, at the end of last year, same finish as well, or roughly the same finish. So, what happens if? That is the case. I mean, we're seeing camp um, stories come out, camp reports coming out at the moment where Ronald Jones, who they signed to essentially be the backup, isn't getting into that RB1 role or even having those conversations. He's with the twos a lot of the time and CH is getting uh, a lot of the reps with the ones. Um, And even when he's not getting the reps with the ones, it's McKinnon or... Their rookie Isaiah Pichetto, uh, Pacheco, I believe, is how you say it. Um, yeah, so,
0: that one.
1: yeah, we won't have to mention his name again. But what happens if these guys get above Rojo, and then therefore Ch is kind of safe in that RB one role, especially on the Chiefs, and he starts to get creep into that top ten, top twelve RB range, where a lot of people just seem to think Ch is not going to be there anymore it's just not a an outcome for him where, what do you see if, if say 1300 yards 10 touchdowns ends up as the rb9 say that kind of stat line where do you see his value next year paul so i'm going to paint you a picture to a draft not so long
0: ago where <laughs> ch was a rookie and i had the 102 and i took ch over jonathan taylor
1: so oh, if, C- if C- H has You H, weren't
0: this listening to this pod, year, then, were you? If C H has this season next year, I am all aboard the hype train again. Okay, this this kid is. If he can do it, if he can have a full healthy season, and he can be what the Chiefs want him to be, he can be. He can. He's to the moon, to the moon for me. He's he's got his first round draft capital. He. In that draft, it was all Clyde. um, It was all Patrick Mahomes wants him. That's that's Patrick Mahomes' choice. He wants if he could do this and be what everyone thought he could be. He's. I'm not saying he's going to be in the top three running backs for me, but he's he's going to be five, six, seven around that area, and I would be over the moon because I have a lot of Clyde Edwards here. (laughs) I have more this year as well because this year. The value for him in draft at the moment is just insane. I, I'm not sure on his current ADP. Maybe you can answer that question, but I'm sure he's going as like you know RB 24, 25 around that area.
1: The left July ADP has him at 27 RB 27. Oh, you know to what me, I mean? That is value. Like...
0: Absolutely smash, 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 smash. If you're if you're on the clock now and he's there and he's RB 27. Click it now because this guy, if he can do this this season, he he's going to be to the moon, mate. And
1: that that's precisely why I put him on, on my list, and I'm assuming this is why uh, you put him on yours as well. Like, if you think about it, the hype that he had pre-draft because it was Patrick, as you said, Patrick Mahomes wanted him. He the best quarterback in the NFL at the time in a lot of people's opinions, wanted this running back. So I I can see where the hype came from. I was always Jonathan Taylor over CEH and don't take quarterbacks over these guys. Um I did have Jonathan Taylor. I believe it was 103 that year because of Trevor Lawrence then Justin Fields. Well, I was wrong with the quarterbacks over JT, but, I mean, JT over CEH CH and his rookie coming into his rookie year but that hype where i where we saw him go 101 over five first-round quarterbacks over guys like jonathan taylor cam Akers, some of the other wide receivers that went in that year like that was a stacked year and he still went 101 over a lot of those guys in a lot of super flex rookie drafts now when we look to now, two years later, he's been injured, and that's obviously an issue. Um, He needs to be available to score your points in your fantasy leagues. But that kind of hype has switched and transitioned to a hatred almost. like Because people were hyping him up so highly, they've kind of soured on him that much that they really want nothing to do with him. And we can see that reflected in ADP of RB27 in July, like to me that is really low in dynasty um but what then you kind of spoke about it like we've or it's in that swing do we see that swing back now i don't think he'll ever get to the point where he was the 101 and you were needing like three firsts to even sniff an offer around the 101 in that year but i think he does get if he does have this 1,300 scrimmage yards, RB9 finish kind of type of season, where he plays all 17 games, there's no more injury concerns really, then I can see him becoming a top asset and having the biggest value swing out of current ADP to what we would be seeing in a year in terms of running backs.
0: I agree. I agree. I think he would be... so too to much be- of C.H.,
1: yeah i I think it's
0: i think if he does have this season don't get me wrong the chances of him having that kind of season is a lot less than him you know not having it flaming out yeah i I would say like he's 30 percent chance of having a season like that i i don't but that you know we're trying to have this conversation of if he does so i don't think it's going to happen but if he does he he easily is somebody that everyone's going to talk to talk about next year and go. His change in ADP He's going to be one of the biggest movers on everyone's rankings and everything. He's just he he's somebody he's somebody that I don't want to I don't want to say it too early, but going at the values going out, He's if he has that season, he's a league winner. He's, yeah, league he who would be if you could you if, could if end up can't.
1: him. If you getting him as an RB three and he's performing as an RB one, that is that is essentially what a league winner is. I mean, look, last year Fournette, Connor, both of them ended up being considered league winners, and they were roughly in the same situation. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, let, let's stop talking about um, CH because we'll probably get a bunch of hate from that one. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm, pro- I'm
0: expecting, yeah, it. <laughs> as
1: expected. I mean, one thing I wanted to say on CEH is even if he doesn't have that top elite not elite but top season that we're thinking of 1300 scrimmage yards around RB9, RB10, even if he has an RB15 16 season or a mediocre RB2, so RB18 season, I still think that's going to really increase his value and you're, you're going to be getting a great value out of that. So, um uh-huh.
0: I agree. I agree. I think if he if he can do that, I think he should be around the same area as like you know Elijah Mitchell.
1: Oh, here we go. You <laughs> had to bring him up, didn't you? Elijah yeah. Mitchell is going two spots ahead of him, so I'll be um, twenty seven, Connor 25. Josh Jacobs twenty six, so um, roughly around that area. But let's move on to another guy that we're probably going to get a bit more hate on. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Tom Stracken, if you're listening, close your ears. You know who is coming next. See every, um, everyone,
0: you just have to say Tom Stracken, and everyone yeah. in the UK dynasty or the UK fantasy football community know we're going yeah. to talk about Trey Lance.
1: So, well, it's probably one of two people, but yeah, it's Trey Lance. So, yeah. what happens if Lance has a very up and down season? I mean, everyone's coming into this year thinking, okay, Lance is going to be a really good fantasy asset. He they traded three firsts for him, they've mortgaged the future. What happens if Lance doesn't end up being that really, really good guy year one? Um, As we've seen a lot of, well, not rookie for Lance, but a lot of first year starting quarterbacks have a bit of an up and down season in in the first season. Now, everyone's kind of putting it down to the rushing floor. So what happens if that rushing floor isn't what people expect because Shanahan is trying to keep him Away from rushing and try and run that offense of throw it short to Debo or um, get Ayuk involved, Kittle involved, and try and protect the QB that they've just spent three draft first round draft picks on. Um and then fantasy-wise, what happens if he ends up as a mid QB two? I mean, to me, that would be a massive downer on anyone if he doesn't think. Uh, top 10 top 12 QB I can only imagine that a lot of people in the fantasy community are going to be up in arms over it so if he does end up QB 19 Paul is there enough hype that he will carry on the value that he's currently got or somewhere near that value obviously coming down a little bit into 2023 into this time next year um Or do you think that if he has an awful season this year or just a mediocre season this year, I suppose, he will be kind of considered as um, an asset that has just lost value and essentially kind of like a CEH, I suppose?
0: Uh, I think Lance is one of the most like anticipated, if that's the right word, QB, where everyone is literally, you're either all in on him or you completely don't rate him. So yeah. there's no in between people that are going up. you're either three first round for him or you you'd be happy to give up a third for him. And to me I I think I think if he doesn't if he doesn't do anything this season I think you you're talking he could he could plummet he could really plummet down because he is He's he's he didn't have much game time. I'm not much of a college guy, but I believe he didn't have much game time in college, and he I did, think COVID, uh, COVID yeah. was was to played a role to in blame, all of that. Yeah. But you know, last year he he came out and he played three games, four games. Was it a bit more? He uh,
1: than... started two and um, played half of one when Jimmy G went down. So you, you know what I mean. He, I I
0: honestly thought when he was when he get the start that would be it. He he'd get the nod for the rest of the season and he didn't. And, you know, there's so many different reports coming out of camp. And to me, if people, people read a lot of these reports, I know, I know some of them are, they're they're not correct, but to me what people are reading, if, if he does have that kind of season, I think people will be, he'd be dropping boards and, You'd, you'd be watching startup drafts next year and you'd, you'd see people that you'd be like, why has he gone ahead of Trey Lance and stuff, you know? And it's, you know, I, I think I've got him about QB 12 at the moment in my rankings. And I, and I think if he had a season like that, I think he'd drop to about somewhere between 17 to 22. I looked at when I was there, I was like, I'd probably move him to about there. And that's, <laughs> that's quite a big drop really, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I think I've got him slightly over uh, probably around fourteen fifteen for him right now in my rankings. But I mean, looking at his um looking at his games last year, so he played fifty percent of snaps against Seattle in week four, um, had hundred and fifty seven throwing yards, two touchdowns, and had forty-one yards on the ground. I mean for a half scoring twenty-five points, that's really good fantasy wise. Um But then the following game against Arizona, where the defense got to plan for Trey Lance for the full game because they knew Jimmy G wasn't going to be playing that week. Um, He had 15 completions, so near enough a 50% completion rate. He had 29 attempts um, through for under 200 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. But he still had 89 rushing yards. And that was on 16 attempts. I mean, to me, that is not going to be right. Um, Carl Shanahan wants to see in his three first-round pick quarterback of the future. Um, you aren't going to be wanting to run him 16 times a game. I mean, the only guy that does that is Lamar Jackson, and that is just the type of quarterback Lamar Jackson is. I don't think Shanahan wants Lance to be that type of quarterback with the type of passing options he has. Um and then the other game he was better in terms of nfl so um he had 23 attempts for 16 completions two, just under 250 yards uh two touchdowns one interception and 30, 31 yards on the ground so um he does definitely have that rushing floor for when he plays and he i would assume only i can only assume he starts this season but i Really i am skeptical about how many times Shanahan will let Lance run. Because I don't think he wants his future quarterback to get injured on a on a scramble. Um I can't see him producing 16 rushing attempts every every week. It's just not not for me. Um so he does have that rushing floor, but I think everyone is kind of expecting that top elite ceiling and they are thinking best case scenario he's going to be in that josh allen patrick mahomes justin herbert um tier next year because he's just ascended so far and i think everyone's kind of forgetting that he actually that's like the top level ceiling the best case scenario he actually has like a likely ceiling as i like to call it where it's not actually like that and it's a bit more skeptical it's a bit more pull it back a little and he's not that good, but he's still really good, like QB eight on the season, and ends up in that Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, dare I say his name, um, are that kind of tier next year. Now, again, not saying that I don't like these players, but I'm just a little bit more sceptical, and I want to bring these questions to your brains, listeners, and um, I want to hear Paul's opinions on these things, because a lot of them are um, kind of what I think about, because I'm much more of a risk-averse dynasty player, whereas I know that other people are very aggressive and kind of look at that top-end ceiling. So enough about Lance before we get cancelled by Tom on his own for that entire segment. Um, Paul, what we're going to do now is I'm going to hand it over to you and you can just pick a scenario um, I want you to try and like set the scene for me, become a narrator, a storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> so are we
0: gonna work off this list that we've got here
1: yeah? Yeah, or you can go completely off the rails and throw me a curveball. Oh,
0: no. i'm I'm gonna go off this list yeah and <laughs> um, i'm I'm gonna go with Alan Robinson. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say the scenario is Alan Alan Robinson at the LA Rams has an absolutely insane season. The season that everyone has wanted from Alan Robinson for the last few years, and he's been stuck at the beers and everything like that. And he has a season, say, let's say, for example, uh, 900 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns. What? what we doing with alan robinson if he has that kind of season you know does does he finally become that guy that everyone goes oh i want him i want him and cooper cup and i want i want them both i want matthew stafford i want the lot you know what 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 would you be doing with alan robinson in that scenario
1: so I think with Alan Robinson, it's a tough one because the rest of the guys that we've spoken about are all young. They're all kind of, not dynasty darlings, but kind of that kind of thought process of oh, if they're young and they turn their careers around or the careers go in the path that everyone's projecting them to do, then they're going to be top assets. Whereas Alan Robinson's 28 already. I mean, it's not like he's dead and old and no one wants him whatsoever but to the dynasty community 28 is well he'll be 29 by the time the season starts so to the dynasty community that is a big no no don't pay for a wide receiver at that point Um but looking at his contract as well if yeah. say 900 yards 11 touchdowns does happen then his contract means that the Rams will have him at least till the 2024 season. They do save 10 million in the 2024 season um, if they cut him. But if he's still having, if he has two really good seasons like that, where we kind of, the big name that kind of jumps to mind for me is Adam Thielen. That is a type of season you'd probably expect Adam Thielen, touchdown monster, um, maybe won't get enough or, or those a thousand yards i i would expect both of them to to be honest if if they do have 11 touchdowns i can imagine that they have those yards to go with it but they're they're the kind of like older wide receivers that i can kind of see in this situation so um i think if alan robinson specifically has that type of season he will get to um mid wide receiver three in dynasty maybe even a little bit higher kind of On the same level as like a Cooks and a Thielen, um, just because of the age. But at the same time, his value could skyrocket this season. I mean, um, I'll have to find his ADP. But it is incredible that he got completely ignored while he was at the Bears. Um, And to be honest, rightly so, because he got absolutely. like shunned essentially like he he kind of moved out of that offense and didn't want to play last year i mean it's down to an injury but if he says he doesn't want to play and he'll play on the injury then he can not saying that's what happened alan robinson if you're listening um but at the moment he's currently going wide receiver 36 so i can see that value increasing um if That is the case. I mean, he's already going around Brandon Cooks, so who's going four wide receivers late uh, earlier. So, does he jump up to that wide receiver two range where he's old in terms of dynasty, but he's still going to produce two years after this year? So, three years worth of value. Um, that is definitely one person that I can completely see. I don't think his trade value is as high as his current ADP. No. So you said he was 28, yeah? 29 by the time the season starts. 20, 29.
0: Yeah. So, you know, if he can do that the next couple of years, the Rams, you know, they, they've got a very, very good wide receiver that is going to be cheap to hold on to. You know, if, if you saying he's going to, what's he going to cost them in 2024? 10 million, was it?
1: Uh, If they were to cut him, so his cap is eighteen million in twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four. They don't have an out until twenty twenty four, so they basically have to keep him or eat about eight million in cap in twenty twenty three. So he's on the Rams for two years guaranteed. I would probably say three, looking at the contract. Yeah, so So he's going to be on there till he's thirty one. Yeah, so if he does it this year, then
0: you've got two two more years. Then you're saying with the contract, essentially, yeah. You know what I mean? To to me, he would he would fly up. To me, he would be somewhere around a wide receiver twenty, twenty four, twenty five. That that sort of area. If he's got two years of yeah. of stuff like and he can, and if he's got a good connection with Matt Safford, who's there for the next couple of years as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's he's to me that that could be the making of uh, Alan Robinson and. I could fi- we can all finally see the the potential in him. Actually, he's playing finally
1: a with a team that appreciates him and gives him the ball, yeah. and he's not expected to do everything. He's not that got
0: Nagy standing on the sideline, you know,
1: and Mitch Trubisky and whoever else. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to stop jumping on the bears because I'm a Packers fan, so they'll probably just think I'm salty. Um, yeah, you are. <laughs> so, the guy, the next guy that I wanted to talk about, and. He seems to have become my guy this season. Um, I didn't plan for it to happen, but for some reason, he just seems to be the guy that I pick up in a lot of my drafts. As listeners will know, I prefer my tight ends either really early or really late, and I don't like that mid-group, that kind of tight end dead zone. So the guy that we're talking about is Evan Engram. Now, I'm going to paint the picture, Paul. So Doug Peterson has already said this off-season that he loves his tight ends. Um, yes, that doesn't necessarily mean Evan Engram uh, specifically, but he loves the tight end room in general, loves the position. He was at Philly where he had Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. Um, both of them were extremely productive um, when given the opportunity in that offence. And now Doug Peterson goes to a place where he had... He has what was at the time the best, uh, one of the best uh, rookie um, tight end seasons in fantasy football and in the real NFL. Um, and to add to all of that, you could argue that the wide receiver room isn't that strong. Yes, they've spent a lot of money with bringing in Christian Kirk, Say Jones. They've already got Lavisca Chenault. They've already got Marvin Jones Jr. and um But you could kind of argue that that is still not a very strong wide receiver room. And that offense, everyone is expecting Lawrence to take this leap. But if that wide receiver room doesn't step up, Lawrence is one leaning on the tight ends and the running backs. And if he's leaning on the tight ends, that to me says he's leaning on Evan Engram. So I don't think they brought in Evan Engram to become the second or even the third tight end. I think they've brought him in to become that top guy. So in the end scenario, the tight ends leaned on Lawrence's, found Evan Engram, and Engram has come out of this season with 1,000 yards, six to eight touchdowns, ended up as a top five tight end. I mean, this is best-case scenario for him, but if that was to happen where do you kind of see his value because he's only on a one-year deal so he could be moving on next year but I think the dynasty community will kind of see him as similar to um, Austin Hooper a few years ago when he had that incredible season and moved on um, and a few other guys that are blanking on at the moment but um, where do you kind of see his value if he does have that maybe not top elite but incredible season for what people are expecting evan engram to do next year
0: mate can we just take a minute there and sit and think we could be sat here in december going evan engram evan engram at the jags just had a thousand yards and eight touchdowns you know <laughs> It'd be
1: and, insane, um, and according to twitter he's just going to drop every ball so I mean, yeah, if Twitter has seen him catch a ball, it's going to was, explode, isn't it? So.
0: Yeah, so was Jamar Chase, but you know what I mean? That <laughs> <laughs> didn't go well, did it? But but no, so um, I, I love this. I love this. And I said to you before we came on the show, I I can't avoid Evan Ingram's value at the moment. He's He's so appealing in the later rounds of a draft. And he is somebody that actually can be a really good really good tight end with with Trevor Lawrence and and I think he's he's kind of got one of them one year prove it deals as well. Yes. So he does. I think I think if he if he can do this I think the Jags maybe I know they haven't got much money left to spend because they've spent it all on Christian Kirk but <laughs> I think I think they they could they could come to an agreement and and keep him there and if he's if he's tied with Trevor Lawrence you know I I'm not saying he's going to be anything I don't think he's gonna come into the conversation of you know your Kittles, your the, the elite your, Kelsey, here, yeah. your Andrews, your your pits, that but you know you could you could easily argue that he's gonna be around your, your Hawkinson, your Waller, you know, m- maybe a little bit lower your your um your Dallas Goddard, your your stuff like that, you know, he, he, he could easily fit into that and you know I, I think he may be a a tight end that actually he's going to be in a lot of people's teams because they're not going to get one of these elite ones and it may be dropping down and, and people like to panic and go, Oh, I really need a tight end. Oh, Evan Engram did amazing last year. I'll take, I'll take him here. So I, I think his ADP maybe will not reflect what, where it should be next year if he had that kind of season. But I, uh, I, I do like I do like him having a season like that, and I, and I do think he would he would make it to maybe seven or a, you know, seven or eight that area. Yeah.
1: Pushing pushing. I a do six. think. Sorry, Paul. Yeah, I I do think Evan Engra, if he does have this season that I've kind of played out there, and then if especially if he site re-signs with the Jags, I mean. Maybe well, people, people, then he kind of falls into that tight end dead zone that I don't like. And next year he'll become a guy that I was really hyped up on this year. He's currently going as a tight end 20. Yeah. I mean, a guy that has shown that he can produce it going into an offense, who, who that uh, an offensive scheme that loves tight ends with a very, very arguably weak um, wide receiver room. Then, Why is Evan Engram not being spoken about too much? Why isn't his value high or higher? I mean, looking at some of the guys ahead of him, like David Njoku is tight end 14, which is before the news that broke earlier today, or earlier yesterday, sorry. So to me, Engram has that potential to jump up. I mean, a lot of people at the moment looking at ADP is kind of already had that kind of taken into account i mean i guys that i'm going to pick out are irv, um irv smith junior and carl uh, cole comet like those guys to me they're a tight end 11 and 12 in dlf july adp to me that has already baked into their price they've already got that breakout season whereas they actually haven't under their belts yet whereas evan engram is kind of the guy that i'm banking on to have that breakout season. So I think yeah. it's a an interesting thought conversation or thought hasn't, exercise hasn't, to have.
0: Hasn't Irv Smith hurt his thumb?
1: I haven't so seen, seen, seen that report. I've, I've seen, seen so many earlier
0: that he'd hurt his thumb and he was going for surgery. They still expect him to be ready for week one, but he's having surgery on
1: his thumb. So you may see him drop a lot. Yeah, leaves practice early with possible injury 22 hours ago. So, oh yeah, well, an hour ago, me, thumb but, surgery, yes. But but to me, Evan
0: Ingram, if he has that season, Evan Ingram, I want this year. If he has that season, I don't want him next year because everyone <laughs> yeah. is going to be that click happy and they're going to see Pitts go, they're going to see Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, and then they were, oh, it's getting a bit nervous now. And then they go, oh, do I want Hockerson? Oh, he was okay. Do I want Ingram? Oh. Nailed it. Bam. Picked him. And and I'm going to be going,
1: I don't want Avon Ingram there. I don't want him. I think the scenario that we painted, as well as, say, if he does re-sign with the Jags, that is going to be perfect scenario for him in terms of that ADP being around the dead zone that I want to t- don't want yeah, to take. So, I agree. Paul, I'm going to ask you to take a look again at this list. Pull out a scenario that kind of intrigues you a little bit and are,
0: are we create we, a story? Uh, I can't, I, I'm not very good at creating stories. Unlike, unlike you, Liam, you, you're like the David Attenborough of, uh, East <laughs> <and> football. Football. <laughs> so, I don't have the voice. I don't have let's, the voice whatsoever. Let's, let's go with somebody who we can, we can hammer because he's not here to defend him. Let's go with, <laughs> let's go with CD lamb and CD um, lamb. Say the scenario is yet again he he doesn't have this elite season that we're we're all waiting for, and he has a, has an average season. And you know, I'd love to stand here and reel a story like you do. It's like you're narrating a book or something. You know, it's awesome. But but let's let's say he has a season where he finishes as the wide receiver twenty four. Because that's what number you put there. Let's say wide receiver twenty-four. <laughs> he has a very average season. He he loses a lot of touchdowns to somebody like Dalton Schultz or you know Zeke, Gallup Zeke comes back. in, and you know it's it, it's just one of them. I, I, I really I really fear for him, and I, I I really worry if he doesn't have that. He to me, he's a he's a dynasty wide receiver that I want but again if you are talking he's going to be going into what his fourth season next year if he doesn't do it again you know he's getting to that point where he third season going to be next year third
1: season next year so he's, oh, no. he's getting... no, sorry yeah fourth season next year yeah, third, third season, season this, this year. year i see so, what you mean so yeah.
0: so he's next year he's going to be at the point where he's going to start negotiating contracts and stuff like that are the cowboys going to want to pay him what he's going to try and demand and you know, you 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 see this Juju scenario then, don't you? Where yeah. he wants this much money and nobody wants to give him this much money, and then you know, and then you're going, is he Juju
1: 2.0? I mean, I think he's slightly different to Juju in terms of Juju kind of fell off because of injuries and this, that, the other, whereas C D even though he has had productive seasons he's not finished lower than rb uh, wide receiver 22 in ppr so to me that is really good especially as the wide receiver two to three depending on uh, when you look at his career but if he does have that mediocre season stays around wide receiver 19 to 22 where he's finished the past two years um then you kind of think have to have to start considering whether he is the wide receiver three in dynasty to me if he doesn't have a top 12 wide receiver um season then he's not going to be in the top five wide receivers next year for dynasty and you could probably even sorry rich if you're listening um even even if he has a top 12 season and say Finishes anywhere from the 10 to 12 range. Do you see him as the wide receiver three next year? I don't. I think that the community already has a foot out the door to an extent of, okay, we'll put him here thinking, no Amari Cooper, Daki's is going to be healthy next year. Um, The the offense is going to, or the passing offense is going to run through CD Lamb. And if it does, but he doesn't have that top say eight to one season anywhere in that range then i can kind of see the dynasty community shifting away from him think of say dk metcalf or aj brown those are the two guys that come up in my mind of they are extreme even though they are good top 12 wide receivers right now in dynasty both of them were considered as the dynasty wide receiver one in in some part of the season, two seasons ago. Um, And what happens if they... Even if C D Lamb, say, has an injury that takes him out for half of the year, I can see that affecting his dynasty value. I just think that he has that ceiling to do it. I really do, and I'm not knocking him at all, because I do think he has that ceiling. And I've got him as wide receiver three in dynasty. Equally... I think he has that volatility that no one is really talking about right now.
0: But is that not the whole purpose of this episode? This whole purpose is to talk oh, yeah. about what if So, I, this is really bad because I have him as my wide receiver three in Dynasty as well. <laughs> but, like you said, I I remember DK Metcalf when he was, the you know, everyone was talking about he yeah. is the wide receiver one in Dynasty. And I've seen trades. Going down that were just absolutely insane, and you were like, "Oh my god, look what you've paid for DK," you know, and and St- you know now CH-style look at style trades, yeah, you know now now look at him and, and you're just like, oh. I didn't even think of DK and AJ Brown, but when you mention it, you're like, that is that is exactly what right. I'm, you right. know, I can see happening to CD Lamb, and he is somebody that's up there in the, you know, he's he's the one that could break into. The tier with the top two. Yeah. But he's got to be elite this year. If he has let's talk of it in an opposite way. If he has that elite season this year, are we then going him and Dak had this connection that we would love to see. Does he then break into that that top tier with the top two, you know?
1: I personally would. I'd personally put him in there. Um I mean when The top two have this elite ceiling and I think CD has that ceiling. And if he does reach that ceiling next year, I'd put him in just for that. But I think he's also the safe option as well. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd have Justin Jeff If if Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase both repeat what they did over the past few seasons, then they would stay as my wide receiver one and two undoubtedly. But if you look at those and C.D. Lamb kind of is slightly separate. It's kind of like a slight, very slight teardrop between the two, even though I'd class them all as as elite, purely because C.D. Lamb has taken three seasons to get there, whereas both of these guys came in and have done it and won't have contracts, question marks. Yeah, I agree. So, Paul... um. I kind of wanted to go through one more, but I'm going to skip past it and we're going to go straight into our last guy. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster is the guy that I'm going to yeah, go for. So yeah. you foreshadowed him slightly um, in in your topic. So again, the story that I'm going to create is yeah. Juju gets back to his top, really top elite season season. Uh, gets back, it, it becomes the 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 guy that Tyreek or or the the Chiefs are missing with with Tyreek. I mean, yes, Kelsey's still going to be there, but someone needs to step up in that offense to help out um, Patrick Mahomes or Juju steps in on this one year prove it deal, gets back to say top ten wide receiver like he was back in twenty eighteen. Um, and then say he has I don't know 1400 yards maybe and seven six seven touchdowns that kind of completely shifts the situation shifts the whole conversation because it's not like he's an old guy he is 25 I mean go this time next year I'm sure everyone in the who's listening can do 25 plus one, but it would be 26. And that for wide receivers is very young still. I mean, not many players will have played six seasons and be going into the season as 26 years old. And yes, he's on a one-year prove-it deal. So say that the Chiefs in a best-case world has this breakout season Again, second breakout season, I suppose, from Juju. Maybe even third, if you wanted to call it that. Um, and then re-sign him after this year to be that number one guy where they just traded away Tyreek Hill. And they brought Juju back after a really good season. Where do you see Juju's value? Because currently, I'm really high on him. Um, but I think that even... I think I've got him around wide receiver 24, 25 in Dynasty. Um so we go into next year and he's just had this season. I think everyone is going to have him way higher than that. I mean, I'm high on him. I've just looked at his July ADP, his wide receiver 38. <laughs> he's, right, he's right before Sky Moore at wide receiver 39.
0: I, I have him as wide receiver 21.
1: Wow. So you're higher than me. <laughs> yes. I am all so. aboard. <laughs> So um, we go back to this scenario of him, top 10 wide receiver. He's re-signed with the, uh, with the, the um, Chiefs next year. Where do you see his value? Because I can see it going very, cre- creeping very close to that wide receiver one, the, the top 12 number.
0: I think we're going to see exactly the same thing as we mentioned with Evan Ingram. If he has that, Amazing season that we know he can have, and then he signs a deal with the Chiefs. And it, I think if he if he balls out this year, I think he's having a big deal, you know what I mean? I think it could be not a Christian Kirk level deal because that's he's not that <laughs> level, you know. But I could see him having a uh, having a mega deal, but to me, I could see people getting very Click happy, and people fall into this and they do it with Pat Mahomes all the time, don't they? Oh my god, he's with Pat Mahomes. He's with Pat Mahomes. Yeah. I've got to take him, I've got to take him. So, I think to me, he would probably be somewhere around my 12 to sort of 15 mark. Around I've got you know, players I've got around there, yeah, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Chris Godwin, that sort of area. And I think yeah. I'd be very happy if I got him there, but I think your ADP next year would be. Insane. I think people would be taking him, you know, somewhere around. I know, think your, he would your be Devonte Adams, your Tyreek Hill's, all around that area. They'll be going, oh, Tyreek Hill, who's really old, or Juju, who's really young. I'm going to take him, you know, and <laughs> and, and oh, look what he did at the Chiefs last year. He he's and and I I'll, I'll be one that that you know if he's there, wide receiver twelve, I'd probably pull the trigger. <clears throat> because for Juju, if he can have that season and get that contract and to be paired with Pat Mahomes, you know what I mean? It's look, look what he did yeah. with Tyree Kill. I'm not saying Juju's the next Tyree Kill, but if he can have an elite season this year, there's nothing saying he could be elite for the next three years after that. Yeah,
1: there's nothing I
0: saying
1: think, I think even if he doesn't re sign with the Chiefs. I think that value drops if he doesn't sign with the Chiefs next year and has still has this amazing season. But if he signs somewhere else, I think his value won't be as high as what we've just talked about. But no, I, agree. I still agree. think that it's going to be much higher than where we've both got him ranked, let alone where ADP has him right now. Because I was shocked when I saw that ADP. I can't, I can't I, go over it. I, can't go I over. really can't wait to have a look at August ADP, which will be out in the next few weeks and see where his value is either increased or decreased. I can't imagine it decreases much more than that. But yeah, if he goes back to that one elite season where he was the wide receiver eight in PPR, then I can 100% see that value skyrocketing. And he's one guy that I've got on a lot of rosters. So if I miss out and... It's it's going to be awful for a lot of my dynasty rosters, but if I hit then I'm going to be getting a lot of value back. And I know that Rich will be pleased, and that's probably why we've left left this one to the end to try and make Rich a bit happier after our previous talk about CD, because Rich does like Juju as well.
0: So so what you're saying,
1: what you're saying is on a lot
0: of your teams, you have CEH, Juju, and Evan Engram. Yes. <laughs> And if yeah, they don't make it this year, <laughs> you're done in. So basically, we're just yeah. talking to see what scenarios can happen that make all your, your, your teams win, you know? I
1: mean, these aren't the likely scenarios. That That's the whole point of this exercise. And I hope you enjoyed it, listeners, because this was something that I wanted to do. And um, I'm glad that Paul was completely on board because as soon as I told him, I was like, yes, let's do it. Um, but... This is just a thought exercise that I've always wanted to do and what I try to do with myself because it's it's just the way that I play dynasty. I play a lot of risk-averse plays, and I, I say that as after I've just said that I've got a lot of juju CH and Everen Engram that you could probably class as a risky
0: plays. It, but are you not taking that it, as sensible pick for for oh the yeah. value? For the value, actually, you're playing probably playing it quite safe, going juju at you know, wide receiver, wide receiver 30, yeah. 30 is yeah, wide receiver thirty
1: eight, but I'm probably taking him around thirty. Yeah,
0: you he's already I mean, there. Like you said, point. he's around. He's around players like Sky Moore. You know, um, rookie wide receivers are not renowned for being, you know, you don't get your Jamar, um, your Jamar Chase and your Justin Jefferson every year, you know, but I'd I'd rather Juju over Sky Moore all day long, all day long.
1: So, um, Paul, we probably could have created an entire extra episode for everyone. I because think we've got still a, got a lot got of players. Like, as saying, I think we've got <laughs> another six or seven names on there, yeah. <laughs> um, but we are going to have to pull it short today. So, at the end of every guest appearance, we have them um, tell the listeners a uh, dynasty tip share that share your dynasty tip for the listeners, Paul.
0: So, uh, I found this bit quite hard because you've had a lot of really good players on and they all sort of, they all give the tips that we all want to give. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I kind of went for one that I always, I always try and stay to, and that's never overthink things and always stay water. And to explain that a little bit is I, I do fall for this. Sometimes you you get into a draft and you, you sort of, you're overthinking picks, you're overthinking players, you, you oh my God, I'm I'm sitting here, I'm on the clock, I've got all these players. And sometimes I find it easier to have a chat with somebody and just sort of work through a couple of them players and go, you know, I think one quite recently, I was chatting to Rich about it and I was there like, you know, the player that we both agreed was a better player was the one that I originally wanted before I made the turn. And it was like, I got to my pick and I just sat there and just overthought it all and... You should never overthink things. And and what I mean, stay water is like a draft can go any way possible. It can, anything can happen in a draft. You could, you could, you play with people sometimes and they just do things that you're just like, and you've just got to sort of stay, stay to your plan. Just stay with everything and just do what you've got to do and just don't worry about anyone else. And just absolutely love Go with the flow, I, man. I absolutely love that. The amount you know, of times
1: that I've had someone or I've had so, like two people on the turn, taken one, they've come back to me. I'm going, do I really want that guy? Yeah, it's just, don't overthink it. I love it.
0: Yeah, mate, you, you do it. Because because you, you get to say uh, a lot of positions I picked for this year are sort of like 8, nine, ten, that sort of area. You get to 10 and you go, right, there's two players I want here. And you go, right. I want him and i want him to make it back to me and then that person makes it back to you and then you look at the board and you go oh what if i take him and him and him and you're going you put that's the guy i wanted don't overthink these other players because somebody's there if if that's the guy that you want and he's he's the best player there take him don't don't overthink things don't don't get lost in all of them names on sleeper and everything like that and if you're stuck on a turn and you want to have a chat about it talk to me about it right you know message me i'll we'll have a chat about it
1: so that is at underscore uh at paul underscore picken because he doesn't want to plug himself apparently you can find all of his um work over at five yard dynasty and um the five yard Oh know at the dynasty what, what's he called Um paul i'm i'm getting myself mixed up here um, Wildcard rewind. Do you the have the handle oh, for that? I was,
0: I was trying to think. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it's it's at Wildcard Rewind.
1: Okay, that's so cool. find all of Paul's work over at those two. Um, but that's all we have on the show sheet, guys. That is all we have for you. We'll be back next week, streaming at 8pm UK time on a Tuesday as usual. Or the audio pod will be out later in the week. Until then, stay safe. We'll talk to you soon.